Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Roll the Roost Podcast. I'm your host, Tetrunk, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Raj Baines. Mr. Raj Baines, how the devil are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Uh, it's nice to to be on an old school podcast, as we call it. It's been a few weeks. It's been Well, I mean, since I've been on it, I think, and since, I don't know, since we've recorded, probably. We're a bit slack nowadays. We are slack. What, we? Yeah, well. I think it's a good time though that that we're busier than we used to be. That's a yeah, you know, if, yeah, probably is overall. I reckon just about, um, and you know, I think it you know it keeps us fresh. It, it, you know, it's a bit more like a a Daniel Kitson stand up show now. You know, there's not any regularity to it, but when they drop, you know, people people get excited, and you know, I think we we still hold that uh, niche corner of the Tottenham Hotspur podcasting community because there are about. 15 Tottenham pods now. Um, so, I, I mean, we're quite obviously the best. I I mean, that... No, no, but genuinely, like, separating any kind of bias from this at all, being completely just, you know, impartial, we are obviously the best Tottenham podcast, wouldn't you say? I, um, I stopped listening to, well, most football podcasts a long time ago just because it was started to drag me down how much sort of the oversaturation of the game so I, I gave up listening to most of them sort of my you, podcasting is is you just no listen to Real the Roost on sport. I don't repeat. even listen to our own one to be fair <laughs> I, um, I do you, do you edit sport. out all the other tracks where me and Seb talk and you just listen to your track <laughs> listen, that's why I go to that's how I go to sleep just so I can dream of myself but no I listen to <laughs> boring stuff like Desert Island Discs and the New Yorker Radio Hour and stuff like that. It's not nothing, uh, nothing exciting. Have you been, anymore, I've you've been talking to Seb too much, mate. Desert Island Discs, fucking hell. I love a bit of Desert Island Discs. We won't take. I oh, know. I've heard it's put, very good. Because I put, um, I put Radio Four on when I'm in the car, and it's sort of my car. And I go, this is less offensive <laughs> than if I put sort of what I wanted to listen to musically on, and just listen to you complain about it. So. I can't. Yeah, I can't really say much. I listen to Komodo and Mayo talk about films as well, which is, I mean, they're good. I do like them, but they are, as I've said before in the past, like very, very, very dad level banter. Isn't he a Tottenham so fan, um, Simon Mayo? Uh, yeah, he is. But Mark Komodo's one of those weirdos that's totally like sports, uh, you know, and doesn't let him talk about football or tries to tries I to like do that thing, Mark you know. On, yeah, but, but you know that thing that that thing that non 
sports people do where they try to kind of think that they have some sort of upper hand and they do that belittling kind of football thing about people that like football when you know Mark Commode's a a film critic which you know if 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 we're to be completely like derisory about everything you can pick just as much a part in the world of film as you can in the world of sport I don't know I just could I couldn't imagine not having sport in my life, you know that kind of the. I mean, oh yeah, I, I don't understand it. I've, I've gone on a few Twitter rants before now about sort of when something special has happened in a sporting moment and sort of yeah that rush it gives you. It's just it's nothing like it in the world. There's no there's no physical no. thing you can do that is representative of that. There's nothing you can ingest that will give you that sort of uh, you no. know fires to your brain in that manner. It's um. It's something unique. It's that and special. Un- unbridled, like you say, isn't it? The explosion of everything. It's like a remember, super, a super I, jizz. Yeah, I called um, Seb once after um, I went to go watch Leeds play Huddersfield um, in the rugby, and Ryan Hall scored a last minute try to win the league. Um, and I called him afterwards because I knew he was watching. And I genuinely, I, I don't really remember that conversation because I floated home. I literally, it's, it's sort of like a 20-minute walk, usually all the way uphill because Huddersfield's quite hilly from the John Smiths to my house. Um, and usually it takes a while and I stop off for a pint or something because I can't be bothered doing it in one <laughs> go. Um, but I just flew home and like I, I didn't feel it. I didn't know where the time had gone. I just sort of... Um, uh, and that's so, all to do with sort of the 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 feeling and the buzz and the excitement that sports give you, which um, hasn't been the case with with Tottenham for a little while. Harry Kane's goal last year against Arsenal was gen- a genuine out of body experience. So was, uh, yeah, I was on about pretty... sort of in the last few weeks. Rather yeah, than... yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, um, should we? Because we, I think a large part of this pod is going to be non-football. So should we? Should we? Should we dive deep dive into that? I mean, we beat. Fulham that was great it looked like times were a changing um very accomplished performance I mean I know it's lower league opposition I know they're mid-table championship but they've been playing quite well in recent weeks they've got some handy young players but it's a very professional performance from Spurs you know the, the FA Cup the magic of the cup you see lesser opposition up their game and so on and so forth, but Tottenham weren't having any of it, were they? Really, it was it was it was an accomplished and you know, highly professional performance. Um, yes. So it was quite a shame to basically see what happened last night happen. Um, obviously, in that that being us going out to Ghent. I mean, what are your before we kind of get into the to the details um, of Ghent? and us getting eliminated from the Europa League. What are your kind of top-line thoughts on, on the match? Um, I think we were we started well. The goal and the intensity and the attitude seemed right, um, and the approach seemed right. They seemed to be in the correct headspace for it. Um, sort of the momentum that they'd built up in that professional performance against uh, Fulham uh, sort of giving them the, the right momentum. Uh, to go forward into that Ghent game and sort of almost treat them in the same sort of manner, uh, which I liked. Um, their equaliser was a tad fluky, um, and I don't think it's it's mean to say so. It actually made me laugh for the first time in a long time. Harry Redknapp made me laugh after the game, because usually he's a man that sort of 
I despise every each and every time he opens his mouth. But um, with the, the I think it's Jake or whatever his name is on BT Sport was on about sort of how plucky Ghent were being in the first half and how they didn't just come and sit back and Harry Redknapp sort of you know just breathless as he went they didn't have a shot on target in the first half what are you on about and it's just um being quite honest about it it was like you know they they had one that literally bounced off someone's backside and went in in a fluky on goal and it's the truth and you don't want to the last thing you want to do as a bigger club in sort of an upset environment is try and detract from their achievement because uh that's a bit tory um but it was sort of <laughs> It's it's going to be one where we probably did enough in terms of making chances and, and going forward to have won that game three or four times over, um, but there wasn't enough quality and accuracy and, and sort of calmness there once they'd equalised, uh, the first time they'd equalised. Um, mm. And Delia Lee sending off um, was a large part of that because we were one man down and, and that always gives you a disadvantage, although it didn't, it didn't show for large parts, but... Um, if you, if you can have an extra man, you would do. And if you can have an extra man as good as Deli Ali, you would do. But it was sort of, we've been suspecting that an incident like this might happen for a while um, because he, he is one to lose his temper and he's been sort of, he got suspended towards the tail end of last year as well for that punch. And uh, this was a bit dirtier than that, really. It was sort of, he didn't get a decision that went his way before and sort of you could see from then that something was going to happen with him because he I, didn't collect himself. Yeah. And then I didn't the, the, I didn't like it, mate, to be honest I, with you. I didn't like it, but I, I, there's, there's sort of... Um, there's some... I don't agree with sort of the people who've sort of gone over the top and sort of like, oh, we, we don't want to see this and a Tottenham player no, and sort of made him out as if no, he's you know, uh, I, killed someone's to be wife fair, or something. No, but the thing is, I, I, I do agree with that, to be honest. I mean, right, the way I feel about this is the punch, the his kind of like niggling antics that kind of stuff i don't i don't mind that i mean i know it's not to everyone's taste but i quite like the fact that ali's a bit of a bastard i know the punch on your cube cost us arguably at the tail end of last season but whatever if 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 that's part of Delhi ali's game then that's part of it you take the kind of the madness that accompanies his brilliance at times um but the tackle to me last night was a bit beyond the pale. It was just, it was outright Charlie Adam for me. It wasn't even being a bit of a bastard. It was just, it was out and out being a cunt. That's all I can say. Like it, it, it you know, I, it's not this whole. I don't, I don't think Spurs are like, you know, I don't want to see this in a Spurs shirt. All that kind of like sanctimonious, fake moralizing. I just, I just think it's a cuntish thing for a for a footballer to do to a to another player. You know, to a fellow professional. And I, I don't, I can't really excuse that from Ali. I think it was shitty. I think he'll deserve whatever lengthy ban he gets for it because he could have broken the bloke's leg, and he meant to do it. You know, he he went in high on purpose because he was pissed off. There was no, there was nothing accidental about it. Um, We've just been speaking about th- the emotion of sport, though, and the positive side of that. And I do think there is a negative side of it as well, where people yeah, will lose yeah. their temper at times. And totally. I don't condone what Dali Ali did whatsoever. Um, and I don't think it's something I, I want to see him repeat again. Um, but in terms of having bad tackles and that, to have one in your career as a young man, I, I don't particularly mind because, as you say, you've got to take your rough with your smooth. Uh, as Kanye West famously said, name me one genius that isn't crazy. 
Um, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of sand him down and and make him, you know, Ross Barkley. I want to, I want him to have a bit no, of spike no, not to him at all, mate. But, right. and, but do you know what I mean? There's there's the spike like Eric Dyer at Stamford Bridge spike where you can put in rough challenges, you know. And then there is that tackle last, which it wasn't even a tackle, mate. Like, you know, you, 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 we genuinely, genuinely, and I, I don't think it's over the top to say, we genuinely could be now talking about him having broken that bloke's leg. And I, it, yeah, it, it was a rank, it was a rank challenge. Like, I think it's horrible. a bad enough tackle, though, for him to learn from and see that, because I don't think he'll have wanted to injure someone um, or sort of, because that lad had to go off and he was limping for the rest at half and, even though he tried to crack on in second half, he had to come off fairly sharpish. Um, yeah, but it's one of those things. I think I think kids make mistakes. I think young people make mistakes, especially passionate ones. And I have empathy yeah. with him in that sense. I mean, um, sports brings out um, the both the good and the bad in people, and that's no different for sportsmen. You know, it's it's the same red mist that will. Um, cause a fan to think it's okay to sing a racist song or something like that. It's a similar sort of, um, you know, disconnect in your brain where you, you can't tell right from wrong because sort of passion takes over. And there's there's a yeah, sliding yeah. scale of that. Um, and I don't think it's... I don't, I don't want to misappropriate anything uh, in saying so. Um, but I don't want to, you know, crucify him at the same time because, you know, he's not a daft kid. He'll know he's done wrong. You know, he'll know that... that that defeat is on him last night and you know it's going to be hard for him if if he's got anything about him to you know to go into training to look his teammates in the eyes for the next few days because he'll know that we're out of a competition solely on his own mistakes and I don't think there's much use in sort of adding to that beating um because he'll be beating himself up he'll know that his uh his teammates aren't best pleased he'll know his manager ain't best pleased um and sort of that that'll be those sorts of mistakes are the making of a man. Um so in a perverse sort of way, I'm almost glad it's happened. Because um he's had his one now and he'll learn from it. Um and you know, he will as you as you rightly point to that Eric Dyer example at Stanford Bridge, he'll be able to toe the line now of being able to play hard and to go and, and to try and hurt people because that's what Eric Dyer was doing. Um, but to do it in a in a way that's legal within the laws of the game. So mm. I, I don't mind that. I was actually having a similar sort of conversation earlier on Twitter with a, a couple of uh, Americans that follow me because um, one of the players for the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green, has famously got a, a very bad temp- uh, temperature. I was about to say that. He's got cold. He needs to take ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. He's got bad temperament and um, he loses his head sometimes and... Um, he's famous for sort of flailing his legs accidentally on purpose and kicking people in the balls. That's sort of his thing to do when he's jumping um, and people hate him for it. But I quite like him because he is sort of the emotional backbone of of that side. And the reason that it sparked up was there's a, there's a player retiring, Paul Pierce, um, who's going on sort of a farewell tour and about a minute into the game, there's this audio that they've picked up of Draymond Green shouting over to him and going, people don't like you enough for you to be doing this uh, farewell tour. What the fuck do you think you're doing? You're not Kobe Bryant. Why are you doing this? And it's sort of one of the most <laughs> disrespectful things you could say to like yeah. one, one of the 50 best professionals to ever play the game. Um, and he's gone out purposely to done it. Um, and like Paul Pierce has tweeted back like trying to, getting back and stuff this morning but it's it, it, i love 
players who slightly do too much. I like a bit of evil in them. Um, so I think that's probably Definitely. Why. And I love that about Ali. And I don't want that to go at all. I, You know, again, like I say, people keep conflating what happened last night with the Yaku punch and, you know, his little kind of raking tackles that he chucks in here and there. I absolutely don't want him to lose that side of his game. I think... Yeah, I think we've seen the detriment that I know he's a divisive figure as it is, but I, I think it's hard to argue with the detriment that it's done to Rooney's career, for example, when he was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Rooney was fucking incredible and so on and so forth. And it's just the fact that he stopped shithousing as much that he, you know, his career's kind of petered out. But I think it's a contributor. I think the amount of shit he got for, yeah, because people forget how, how he was quite a, a dirty little bastard when he first came. He, he sort of carried that side to his game. And he just got so browbeaten about that because he was carrying this kind of tag, wasn't he, of being like England's hope, England's great white hope was Didn't Wayne Rooney. Sven say in his last ever press conferences, don't kill him. Like That was like Sven's yeah. parting word as England manager was sort of, don't, you know don't crucify him. And that's the same sort of conversation we're now we're having about Delia Lee because it's a similar characteristic a, a player in a similar sort of area in their career yeah. with a, a similar um, ceiling to, to how good they could be. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't care if he keeps that, keeps that side of him, you know, minus the, take the racism out of the equation. You know, you look at someone like Suarez who has these, weird you know fucking biting and awful little habits that he has but you know the man's a genius with a ball at his feet as well at the same time so it's yeah it, 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 Lionel know. Messi like he, he he famously sort of demands things behind the scenes that Barcelona will like if the if the team have got a new sponsorship with Pepsi or Coke he'll turn up with the wrong yeah, brand yeah. just to sort of show how big his dick is in that world um and sort of You've, they've got to have an ego to be as good at that sport as they are. They've got to have a bit of an ego about them. I don't think you can get away with sort of being a nice guy in, in you know, because very often you get left behind. Get Kanye West, mate, you know? He's another, that's what, that's another what's been, um, genius figure. And this is sort of what's been Tottenham's problem for the longest time is we've been looked at as a soft touch, as a team without a backbone. Yeah. And while you don't want to 100%. go completely and, and flip it 180 and, and go the other end and become a team that sort of people hate for the wrong reasons, I like the fact that Tottenham are no longer a team that people look forward to playing because they know there'll be a, a Deli Ali or a Eric Lamella there that won't let them get away with it if, if they're... You know, if they try and step to them, then they'll get stepped back to. And I like that. There's, there's a lot to be said for having that firmness in them. Um, and it's why sort of a team as good as Chelsea will come to White Hart Lane and stand back a little bit because they know that, you know, if they if they try and push up in our faces too much, then there'll be a reaction. Um, and I, I very honestly speaking, I mean, look at look, look at someone like. Tom Carroll, it's a, it's a talented footballer there. There's a player with a decent range of passing in there. He's got a good eye for the game. He's been excellent at the Swansea since arriving. Yeah, but, you know, he's 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 a little pussy, isn't he? You know, and that's why he's 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 not better. I mean, I, I know we argue at length about Ben Davis, and I don't think he's a, whatever, a, a poor player. I don't. But I think a lot of what makes him not really that well-suited to Spurs, or at least that well-affected, is that, his mentality isn't there. He's not aggressive enough. And 
you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't want Ali to use that side to his game. I just don't want him to. Yeah, Ben Davies does look like he needs a bit of a cuddle. I, I will agree with you there. But um, like and right, fuck football. I mean, we've got we got Stoke this weekend, and you know it's probably a good time for someone like Delhi. If he could have saved that fucking tackle for this game, that would have been nice. Really, put Stoke in their place a bit. I'll never buy this idea that Stoke play football now. They're still a shit house team, and they always will be. Um, so I mean, you you'd hope we can beat them. I mean, we're out the cup. That's disappointing. Out the Europa League, I should say. Through in the FA Cup, got Millwall. That's going to be a bit tasty. Be nice to see us go and beat them. You never know. Be good to win the FA Cup, I think, because the league seems to be off the agenda. Um, but Stoke, you, you, you'd imagine we'd, we'd turn them over, really, wouldn't you? We beat them four 0 both times we played them previously, yeah, and their exactly. their record against the uh, against the top four this season is absolutely abysmal. So. Uh, if we weren't to win that game and win it handsomely, then there there would be some questions to be asked. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think we've done more than enough football. So if anyone wants to stop listening now, you can, because we're not going to talk about football anymore. Um, the Academy Awards, Raj Baines. Let's uh, let's start because I think we've we've as we both said, the only one that we haven't seen, yeah, is uh, Haxel Ridge. Um, Nominees for Best Picture. We've got La La Land, Arrival, Lion, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Moonlight, Haxel Ridge, Manchester by the Sea, Fences. Um, given that La La Land is probably going to win it, would do you agree with that? Or is it, I mean, what stood out for you from the uh, from all of those up for the gong? Moonlight was um, probably my favourite. Um, although La La Land, I, I did really enjoy as well, um, for obvious reasons. I think me and Seb spoke about La La Land, didn't we? Um, yeah. It's just, you know, it was just joyous. Um, but Moonlight, I think, as a as a piece of work, as a piece of cinema, was outstanding. Sort of the spectacular, the way they, isn't it? The way they use the narrative and sort of the the characters and and the writing and and even the way they they shot it and things were so beautiful and such a, a clear um work that um I, I don't think you can deny how good that is and I'm I'm happy in sort of a climate <laughs> such as the one we're in um a film of that nature is getting as much um attention as it is because uh it deserves to if it doesn't win best film I do like I'll, I'll I'd be genuinely pissed off if it doesn't win best film what, La La Land? And, Jen- and, and no, Moonlight. And if Jenkins doesn't win Best Director, I think they've... The, the Academy, uh, I know they, they're they not ever interested in fairness, uh, to I be think honest, La La Land is far and away going to win both of those awards. I think the the one that uh, has, um, has best hope of winning is um, uh, Original Screenplay, I think it's up for. And mm. Mahershala Ali is going to walk away with uh, supporting as well. Yeah, he will do, but I just... I don't know. I just Moonlight needs a a, a top honor for me. I, I just think I, I enjoyed La La Land. La La Land to me. I mean, there's a lot of takes on La La Land, and to be honest, there's been I, a bit I, of a I backlash, aren't there? Yeah, and I think I think a, I think a, a bit of it is. I don't know. I, I I can't really be asked to go into it too much, to be honest, mate, because it's you know it's it's a very hot topic and. I, I can understand why people feel a certain way about a film like La La Land, but I 
I honestly think a lot of it is is taking the film too seriously. I think to me, La La Land, I thought was a great film in the respect that I went in there and for about two hours, I just watched a fairly kind of, do you know, do you know what I mean? It, it was a, a sensory experience. The music yeah. was all right. It it was it looked beautiful. It was you know the storyline. It was it was just it was a decent popcorn film. You know you could sit in there. It made me happy. Perfectly enjoyable. Leaving it like I I, yeah, exactly. I love a film you know? that I can leave the cinema with a smile on my face, mm. having watched. But um, and there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, in terms of and this is why I'm kind of a bit annoyed that it's up and it's just kind of been treated with such reverence in some circles is that it didn't really leave a lasting impression. Like Moonlight, I left that and I kept thinking about various different facets to the film and I don't know, just like the emotional strength of it. And it, it just kept hitting me in waves, like more and more parts of the film and the, I don't know, the, the various different layers to it and the, I don't know, the the kind of commentary it had or the extended, I know this is all very pretentious, but the commentary that extended past the the very kind of like uh, the screen and i mean you know a lot of people will kind of like come out of a film like moonlight and you know immediately and rightly so pick up on the fact that it, you know it's it's a predominantly a very black story and it has it deals with issues of like you know homosexuality within the black community and black poverty in america and so on and so forth but it's not just about that like it it, 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 uh, what makes it so great to me and what made it such a spectacular piece of cinema is that you know it it deals with those issues and they're very pertinent issues especially you know given what's going on in America at the moment and with Trump and even even I guess even prior to Trump you know the kind of the the civil unrest and the you know the lack of equality and so on and so forth in certain circles of America but that aside, you know, easy for me to say, I know, but that, those little issues aside, Moonlight was just such a, a brilliant human story as well. You know, something that I feel that anyone can relate to. The uh, and that 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 was its power. I think I, I don't know. I, I just I haven't seen a film that strong in quite some time. And I'm I'm not even doing this in that virtue signaling way of like, oh, you know. This is kind of the the hot topic film. So as a white liberal, I just need to back this up. Like it, it's not, and don't don't take it on that value. Anyone listening to this, like it, it's it's a fucking brilliant film. I don't know if you if did I don't know if you saw Camilla Long's odious review of it the other day, Raj. I, but like, I, I saw the the unrest surrounding it, and I made a concerted effort not to click on it because. It, uh, yeah, sort of it was those, just it those was. Sorts of people yeah. are, they, they they know that their career is based upon making people angry. Um, and there's no, um, there's no value in that whatsoever as far as I'm concerned. Um, and sort of clicking on it, um, being, um, being annoyed by it and sort of engaging with it is the sole reason it's been written in the first place. Um, so I, I try as much as possible to, to take a step back from that as much as I can. Yeah. Not a bad, not a bad idea. Um, Manchester well City. Otherwise, isn't it? Yeah, this it's such a strong field, though, mate. This year, like Arrival. I mean, it's not as fresh in the memory now, but a great film. Lion, I thought was a great film. Really enjoyed. Lion it. annoyed me slightly. Really? 
Yeah, just I don't like it when it's too soppy. It's like uh, you can almost tell that it wants you to have a cry, and sort of it annoys you slightly that Dev Patel only gets nominated in roles or noticed in a role when he's playing a brown person. Like I want him to mm-hmm. see Dev Patel get given a role where he's called Steve, and it's nothing to do with the fact that he's brown. Um, mm. But that's my own personal hang-up. I have a I have no, a, no, but it's, it's I, a, I have a it's quite, fair point. Like one thing that I always bring up, and one thing that annoys me, and one thing that I, I sort of I touched on in an article I wrote for the the Guardian last year um, about the the series Roma Sharanganathan did when he went to Sri Lanka is that there's this strange thing that happens when when people make um, art about uh, India where they'll they'll sort of they'll give it too much and they'll tread on the stereotypes and they'll do the whole oh it's such a a sensory experience and you find yourself and all those sort of bingo boxes get ticks and I, I just want to see someone once go you know what there's fucking poor people everywhere and it stinks of shit it's you know some of it's horrible and I actually want mm. somebody to like be honest but you know <laughs> Rick Stein sitting on the floor and eating food with his hands pisses me off he's like oh this is really nice sweating his bollocks off and it's like mate you can't handle that fucking thing just get a fork and fuck off it's you know sit on a chair you don't need to you know it's i wouldn't do that why are you pretending like it's you know you you've gone on some sort of spiritual trip it's why the beatles annoy me playing with their sitars it's sort of <laughs> it's one of those things that you know it really annoys me um because i don't think it's truthful i would i would enjoy it far more if it was a truthful betrayal of it and i understand it's a it's a sort of a, you want it to be a, a bit more a bit more Carl pilkington <laughs> well, almost, yeah. Um, I mean, with the film, I understand it's a, a what do you call it, a, a first-person uh, account of what had happened, and it's a true story and everything. So there's only so much of it that you can, you know, have humbridge with because it, you know, it's actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's just one of those sort of, that genre of film sort of annoy me. Um, yeah. And, um, I think I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The, the, I, I the, do. Yeah. I think Dev Patel's been pitted into a corner. I mean, he's in this and what was it called? The Millionaire One, um, Slumdog Millionaire, Slumdog, yeah. Best Exotic Marigold Hotel films, which sort of seems like a celebration of Empire Britain. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. It's kind of like a an almost like a a flip on the. Uh, you know, Riz Ahmed being constantly approached with roles as a terrorist and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's in a similar sort of line, and I, you know, I, I want nothing but the best for Dev Patel in this career. I mean, the one, the one role I've, uh, you know, I really enjoyed him in, other than when he first came out in Skins when I was a kid, um, was when he was in um, the newsroom, and it had nothing to do with him being brown. And you know, Aaron mm, Sorkin yeah. had just written a role for him. The only slight thing was that he was a brown tech expert, and sort of, we have to take the roof with us move, as you say, um, but. He, you know, that was it. wasn't referred to. It wasn't a thing. Uh, you know, as Aziz Ansari says in his his stand up, what is it? My last two roles have been Tom and Adam or something like that. It's like, yeah, play a fucking play. That's how it should. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Blue dot com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, mm. So yeah, I, uh, I I I may not have been the most articulate on that. You know, go watch it, the episode of uh, of Aziza's show Indians on TV, and that probably makes the point a bit better than I do. Uh, but yeah, it, that it, it it annoys me to put it quietly. The only uh, I, 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 I know what you're saying. I did well. Yeah, I I I hear what you're saying at least. Um, in terms of the the bigger the the wider picture of it, but lying on face value, I mean it it is a true story and it's a fucking fascinating story, you know. Um, yeah. The fact that and I think it is a story that is quite yeah, remarkable. It's, I, I I kind of like, I feel it's a story that deserves to be told, if if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So it yeah you know it, it I I definitely I, I know what you're saying with regard to. Uh, with the other stuff, though, uh, the other stuff, basking my awkwardness. The only, um, the only thing I would say about it was I don't think the because the story's so outstanding. I do think the sort of the direction and and sort of that sort of it was that side of it, the cinematography and everything was sort of secondary to what was happening, the performance and everything. It wasn't the greatest. Not so much in the battle. first half. I, I I think no. I think the the second half it did lose its way. Um, it could be you know, a, like there was literally like twenty minutes of him in his flat on Google Maps, you know. Which yeah, it like, reminded you know. me a bit of a like the story as well. It could have been sort of a a straight made for TV feel good film. I may be being slightly yeah, too yeah. harsh on it. No, no, no. I know, know what you're saying. It was just overly sentimental for me. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I do think. I don't know, I, I see. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with you on the overly sentimental. I think it, it it's just the sheer power of the story itself. Like it's it would have, I feel like it would have been hard for them to tell it any other way, really. Like it's it is a pretty spectacular story, mate. I think you're underselling it a little bit. Right. I don't know. <laughs> um anyway. Hello High Water, good film. I'm surprised it's up alongside. A I'm lot glad of these it's up films. there, you know. Really? Yeah, I thought it was a great film. It was a surprise for me, especially seeing Chris Pine in a good film. I don't think I'd ever thought I'd see that happen. But he's outstanding in it, and the the whole sort of premise of the film is good. I'm I'm not entirely sure why. Sort of, is it? um, uh, He's up for supporting, isn't he? Um, Yeah. Is uh, Jeff Bridges? I lost his name there for a second. Um, But yeah, um, I was going to say I don't. I don't really agree. I like. I like Jeff Bridges, but I I don't think 
you know, he, he there was much to what he's done here that he hasn't. It was done just elsewhere, like sort of you know? Jeff Bridges being Jeff Bridges, which is not a bad thing, but I don't understand why that needed sort of awards attention. No. Um Hidden Figures I very much enjoyed. I think it was a yeah. you know, great Shout out film to Raju P. Henton. Another great story that deserves yeah, again, you know, this is this is one of those things I, I will I will happily hold my hands up and say a story I had literally no idea about oh, yeah, I had not it was told clue. in this film. No, nope, you know. Um and so it's good that stories such as this are now, you know, they're getting the, the light of day, as it were. Um, I thought I, Octavia Spencer was really good in that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, I haven't haven't seen it. Heard very good things about it. I mean, yeah. I'm not overly. We had a conversation. I mean, there's the Mel Gibson issue, isn't there? And the... I mean, do, do you know? Uh, I don't know, mate. Like, I'm 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 very torn on these kind of things. Like, because there is there's a big side. Of, you know, it, it all kind of comes into like you know the wider conversations. You know, with uh, as we've seen in the past with chet evans vardy tyson fury you know mel gibson and where you separate someone's kind it's of good five aside team that yeah right their their ability with their personality you know um and i don't i mean because again up on here manchester by the sea and there's obviously a lot of stuff surrounding casey affleck at the moment that's making a lot of people say they don't really want to see Manchester by the sea because of Yeah, it happened with um stuff that's the guy who did um Birth of a Nation as well, didn't it? Uh, yeah, the yeah. Director um, that, I haven't seen that actually. I haven't seen Birth of a Nation. Yeah. Uh I mean it's 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 very tricky. I I totally understand why people feel that way. And to be honest, I don't if if I am brutally honest about this, mate, I don't have a hard stance on this kind of thing. I think it's something that I find very hard to reconcile myself personally um when i don't know i mean well it comes to the point where i think it's on a case-by-case basis where you've got to decide whether or not um you can separate the art from who is creating it because uh, there are plenty of people in music and everything where um they go on to do horrible things and you might enjoy what they've created in a different capacity in their life. And it depends whether or not you can, you know, do that. I mean, like sort of when Gary Glitter comes on shuffle at Christmas time, it's sort of, you have a, (laughs) you have a second thinking about it. Like, are we allowed to listen to this anymore? Um, Um, as Gary Glitter ruined Christmas. Um, but you know, it's just one of the ways he certainly has for some people, but yeah, but if we, he has, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's I'd, you wouldn't want to sort of lump everybody in and and sort of go with broad brushstrokes, um, because again, there's a there's a sliding scale to it. Um, but I've you know I enjoyed Manchester by the Sea. I thought Casey Affleck was fantastic in it, but at the same time, the allegations that have been made about him in his personal life, um do make you think twice about sort of <laughs> just how much we should be venerating him. Um, which is one of those things. It's a, it's a fact of life. It doesn't matter whether or not you're an A-list actor or somebody on the street, you know, if you do something wrong, then, I, then people are going to think different about you. I think it, I, I think with something like Manchester by the sea as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's a bit different to, 
again, like like you say, the the case by case basis is very pertinent. You know, Hacksaw Ridge is more Gibson's movie, right? It's been pitched as Gibson's comeback. It's he's directed it, so on and so forth. And he got offered Batman after it, apparently. So it's sort of really? Hollywood almost accepting him back. They they didn't hire him; they've hired somebody else. But he was apparently it was a large rumor that they'd approached him about possibly mm. directing the the Batman, the new Batman film that DC are gonna make a mess of. I mean, if we take if we take that aside, I mean, like one of one of the things I have heard about um, Hacksaw Ridge, and this is kind of you know again, like I say, I mean, I, I need to stop qualifying this. You know, listeners and Raj, you know, if we can just talk about this from this point on, listeners in terms of not Raj. having to qualify everything, we're not having to qualify everything by saying that you know I appreciate that Mel Gibson said some awful things in the past, but if we just take it on him as a director. I think one of the things I find quite unpalatable about Mel Gibson is he has this, he, he has a, a, a real kind of sinister, I feel, thirst for ultraviolence. And I, I, one of the one of the criticisms I have heard of Hacksaw Ridge, because I have heard it's a very, you know, it's a great story and it's a very compelling film. And, you know, obviously the, you know, the horrors of war are the horrors of war. They're, they're unpleasant and, juxtaposed with this kind of moral position that this man took it it, it does perhaps require this you know a very stark view of war and the atrocities that are unfolding around him but as with the passion of the christ which i appreciate was an entirely different beast to this um he's doing a sequel oh christ oh but apparently this hacksaw ridge it does almost verge into the realms of gore porn um which you know Gop. yeah which is just it's kind of mel gibson's stick a little bit i mean like apocalypto it was probably a, a great use of it i think apocalypto was a was a great movie yeah it, it, it was brilliant and you know that's kind of why i can't i with, don't think i've ever seen it you know, really well it's one of the reasons why i can't with full hand on heart conviction hold that position and I, I don't really know if I want to hold that position of like you should not like something Mel Gibson's made because it's made by Mel Gibson uh, I mean I definitely understand that there are arguments to be made about should he be given the platform and should he be you know held up in any light as a human being and so on and so forth but whatever you know again so it's a it's a much deeper conversation than one I fear not even fear I, I, I'm not scared about people challenging my view on anything I'm not you know I'm not standing up for Mel Gibson at all I just think Apocalypto is a very good film basically um but yeah and you like Hacksaw calling them in sugar tits as well yeah of course yeah slapping them on the arse you know it's only a bit of banter um I was the man in the van you know the one that the that the uh the wing mirror got ripped off of although apparently that's fake so fuck it Manchester oh, yeah, Sea, great it film a bit weird that yeah um, fences. Have you seen Fences yet? Yes. Yeah. Um, I. That's one know, of my favorite I, films. Actually, that'd be in my top three. You, you know what? Like, I I loved Fences. I thought it was brilliant. Um, the only criticism I have heard of it that I I probably would echo, but it's it's not even so much a criticism of the actual material itself or the story. Uh, or the acting, which are all, you know, all three of those things I've just mentioned, I think were spectacular. The only kind of criticism I would have of it is that 
it's not really a film. You you are essentially watching a play on screen, um, which is obviously what was intended. And, you know, they are honouring the story they're honouring, which is, you know, uh, a play that's won countless awards and is is fantastic. You know, it's, it's again, another brilliant human story. But I just think if people are going, if people are lovers of cinema and they love film as a medium, this is very much not a film in that respect, if you see what I'm getting at. Like, it, it is a play on stage, on screen. Yeah, I wouldn't ever nominate it for sort of cinematography or directing, but I think the performances and sort of the adapted yeah. screenplay and things like that are, are, were fantastic. And it really hit home for me sort of the themes of the film and, and the, mm. the, the friction between the father and the son and sort of, you know, when... Um, when Viola Davis comes into it later on and sort of steals it and you know kicks some fucking ass, um, it's fantastic. She's incredible. Sort of, um, it just it, it, for me, I, I similarly to La La Land, actually, the the misgivings and the the wrong footings of the film weren't enough for me to overlook just how much I enjoyed it and how much it affected me. Yeah, I mean, I said it before to to Seb, but you know. Even though La La Land does fall into the category of sort of painting all jazz fans as sort of pretentious dickheads, which you know, perfectly willing to accept, I may be. Um, <laughs> it, 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 um, you know, the fact that it sort of centers on the premise that there's this single white man who's gonna go and save jazz on his own, which is faintly ridiculous given it's you know started in New Orleans and is one of the blackest forms of expression possible, is mildly insulting. Um, but it was good enough beyond that for me to overlook it. I mean, had it been a shit. Also, film, the I'm fact sure that, that John Legend annoying. is kind of John Legend is kind of painted as the baddie in a way, which is kind of yeah. weird in it, through that prism that you're talking about there. Yeah, it's, um, that it's, was a sad word. I've just it's a very odd it. film and sort of you know. I think there is you know because there isn't a big enough sample size yet, I'm not willing to subscribe to the notion that Damien Chazelle has a problem writing female characters, but if it was to continue to be a true up into his later work, then I think then that perhaps would be an argument to be made. I just think that maybe with with the two films he's made already, then um, that's it's slightly... It seems like an easier target than it should be so far um, for somebody who's only made two big films. Um, and I, you know, I think the Emma Stone character in this film is, you know, isn't as weak as she may have been portrayed to be in in some areas. I definitely of, agree uh, with that. In in the thing that, that wasn't my reading of it, but I'm at the same time, I, you know, to qualify it in the way that you you said we shouldn't. I don't want to try and own that argument either as a man because I, no, no, it's no. physically impossible for me to see that argument through the prism of female eyes which is you know we've had this this conversation before when i've brought up things that have annoyed me in terms of race um mm. and you know you you've said to me you know it's a point you make it's not something i see but you know I, how who am i to tell you that you're wrong because you know fundamentally we we see the world through different prisms so um it's interesting i, I, but I, think I do that, enjoy that's, the fact that's, that, that yeah. go on I don't know. I think I just think that's what's lost from a lot of this type of because you know we see this on the internet and we see a lot of this kind of uh, you know uh, 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 this is exacerbated by the fact that people don't just 
yeah, it's electronic communication, right? You can even fall out with good mates because you can't get the proper tone behind what you're saying on fucking WhatsApp. That a lot of the time you can just, um, this is just this is the kind of layer that's lost from a lot of this type of discussion nowadays, right? You know, it's that you can, you know, you can even fall out with some of your your very best mates, people you've known for years, on something like WhatsApp because you don't have the appropriate tone of voice and so on and so forth and this is obviously further exacerbated when you're on twitter talking with in a very short form with complete strangers who don't know you they don't know your character um and they're less willing to forgive flippancies in what you're saying and so on and so forth um and sometimes that's good sometimes that's valuable i know i've i've said stuff in the past on Twitter and I've been called out for it that I've sometimes I've thought like actually fuck that guy for saying this about me. And other times I've taken it away and thought, you know what, actually I probably should think about that and so on and so forth. Um, but a lot of this stuff, like you say, I mean, I, I, I think people are too concerned now by telling, and this, I'm not talking about this from a left wing perspective or a right wing perspective. I just mean people at large, you know, I think we're all very concerned with, painting people as right and wrong and as you've just very well called it there is it's more about just accepting the fact that you know we can all see things differently but it's not about kind of saying you know my my experiences are worth more than someone else's it's just about acknowledging the fact that we do view the world very differently and as opposed to just kind of getting your back up if someone says something about like you know I think you know when you, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, you know, why are they saying this stuff about, like, Oscar's so white, you know, what, you know, what, so white people shouldn't make films anymore? Oh, what, so we should just give, like, a black person an Oscar because they're black? It's like, no, just stop and think. Like, I don't think anyone's saying that you need to feel guilty about being white or about white people winning Oscars. And it's not, again, I think, like... Uh, Denzel Washington stu- like made this point very well. I can't remember on one of it was either the Empire Film Podcast or Kermode's. In in so much as it's like you know the whole Oscar so white argument. If you expand it, it's not that first roadblock of we should just give an Oscar to a black person because it's a black person. No, not at all. But it's also about acknowledging the fact that if there are yeah, and people say well if there's no if there's no good films out there with a good black performance in it, you know, then we can't nominate anyone. It's like, but then take it that step further and think maybe that's the problem, you know? And it, I don't know, just expand your thinking a bit. Christ, I think there's there's a lot of room for me to get a lot of pelters this week, Raj, but I hope not. No, I actually I'm trying like to deliver. the fact that, I, I, you know, somebody asked us, um, I can't remember who, whether or not the Oscars should be politicised and should people make political, you know, um, statements on that using their platform and whatnot. And I think that, in this day and age, art has become inherently political. Everything's inherently political because it is such a, a strange um, time. Um, and there is so much sort of um, division and um, and sort of unrest in society. I don't think there's any safe space from that. I don't think there's sort of um, hiding from what's going on. It's, it's almost negligent to... To, to uh, ignore the wider context of the world, um, 
given that you know these people will have an audience and they will have people to speak to they will be getting beamed into millions of homes across the world um so it's you know it's that that fascinates me and i think that's you know really important and and really interesting i'd i'd hate for it to be such a a stale um affair and for there to be um there to be nothing about it that that sort of comments on the wider world because i don't think that that's what art's about i mean for me it's it's about you know comment and and, and things like that and I, I the fact that we're able to have this conversation when you know this is supposed to be a football podcast and we spent 40 minutes talking about films and you know it's been we did know, give them a warning with, yeah it's been laced with sort of, you know, these interjections where we've sort of had to go beyond the discussion of a film to what that film actually means when projected onto the the state of society at the moment. I think that's, you know, such a, you know, unique and an important thing that I'd hate for it to 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 lose that relevance. Um, but at the same time, you don't want every single film to to be in that manner and and be looked at through no. that lens. But for there to be art being made to be discussed about in that way is is I, I think uh, I wouldn't want it any other way because then you get to the point where we, what you're in North Korea and there's only three state sponsored films out a year that uh, are about a certain subject. So I uh, I like it the way it is. To be honest, I like a bit of uh, I like there to be uh, shades of grey. Um, in all honesty, is that a little shout out to the Fifty Shades franchise, though? Raj? Yes, that that is what I'd have as my best picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be La La Land, though, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, by by country mile, I um, I've got to. Although you know, there is there is actually there does seem to be a growing murmur that Moonlight could get it, that people that it could surprise. Well, it was was it last year when um, Revenant lost to um uh spotlight it was, was it? yeah it was wasn't it i think so i called that one as, i called as... that one but the, th- the reason i called that one is because i think the the academy enjoy nothing more than films about the academy and la la land is a film about hollywood in one of the most glamorous lights possible but i think it is it's tinged with sadness in fairness to it which what makes the the highs of the film so powerful and you know the ending such a uh an interesting payoff um so yeah i uh i don't mind it winning in all honesty i think uh it'd be nice to see it win i don't think gosling will win but i do think stone will so, uh, should, yeah i was gonna say should we quickly go through so best actor you're calling gosling no best actor i would say is gonna be casey affleck or denzel i'd probably say casey I, I I think I think stuff off screen will count against Casey Affleck, and I'm I'm not actually convinced. I well, I don't know. Manchester by the Sea was a great performance for him, but I I'd like to see Denzel Washington get it because I mean you know, I think it's kind of weird that his Oscar was for Training Day. <laughs> um, hey, I love Training Day, man. King Kong and it's Goshi a good film, but I mean you know, like it's not in terms of Denzel performances, like you know. Maybe. It's not the equaliser. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to see him because he's put so much into fences as well, and it's you know it's such a massive passion project for him. And I don't know, I'd love to see him. Uh, best actress. It's going to be a tough one actually. I ha- oh, do you know I haven't seen Loving, 
that Ruth Negger's up for, and that's supposed to be a brilliant movie. And it, that's being tipped to be like a DVD kind of classic, as it were, because it's had such a short run in the yeah, uh, in there the was nowhere showing it, okay, so I had to download Ma- it. Mate, it, it was, really it was e- even down here. It was it was in screens for about a week, and then it it gone. I really wanted to see it, but I'll probably see it on DVD. But um, I mean. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I think Meryl Streep's a very good actress, but she needs to stop being nominated for stuff just because she's Meryl Streep. Florence Foster Jenkins was a pile of shit of a film, and like I think they just, just um, they just wanted him to want her to turn up, though, don't they? So that's why they're nominated. Oh, I, I don't know. I just find it. Um, Jackie Natalie Portman was great in that film. Um, I, I think Emma Stone be... will win that one. She will win it. Yeah, I think Emma Stone will win it. I probably want Portman to win it, but. Um, we won't do, uh, I mean, no, I haven't, I haven't seen enough of the best foreign language. Um, best animated feature. I'd love to see Kuba and the Two Strings win that. It did upset It's going to be Bastards. Zootopia. Probably will be Zootopia. Um, Moana was great. Zootopia was, I think, do think was brilliant. It had a great message in there for kids. I haven't seen My Life as a Courgette or The Red Turtle. Um, it's not called Courgette though, is it? It's My Life as a Zucchini. Oh, really? um, yeah, Kubo in the Two Strings is my favourite. <laughs> my life as a cause yet would have been better though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've already said, and let's be honest, Marshall Ali will win for Moonlight, and rightly fucking so. Um, yeah, yeah, he's the man's. He's brilliant. Um, best supporting actress, I, I would be Viola. I Viola's watching. I was going to say I'd be pissed off if Viola Davis didn't win it. To be honest, um, do you know the, only... the thing? I actually read a piece about this because um, she should have won for I think was it the help, um, but again um, Meryl Streep won for something. Um, I think it was for the Iron Lady maybe, and nicked it off her, and everyone had sort of thought that she was a shoe in for it, and she sort of got pipped at the post by Meryl Streep, and apparently she was devastated by that because she'd sort of, you know, Viola Davis' right. story, she'd worked so hard to get to that point mm. to get some recognition, and when she got there, she got it snatched off her by Streep. Um, so they actually, rather than putting her in the main actress category this year, fearing the same with Streep and Stone in there, put her in mm. the supporting um, tactically because it's a weaker category. The only other person I could see it going to maybe is Naomi Harris. In terms of like the only other person I'd find palatable to take because I think her performance was brilliant as well. In Michelle Williams is hardly in Manchester by the sea. Exactly, she's hardly in it at all. Um, Nicole Kidman turned in. There have been a few Oscars given for people who just turn up for a scene or two and sort of steal it, haven't they? Yeah, true. But it's got to be. It has to be Viola because her performance just head and shoulders in that category. She sort of she comes she when her character picks up that film. It sort of it kicks it up another couple of gears, and it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. Best director, I mean, it's uh, I, mate, I, 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 but I, I'll be so pissed off if Jenkins doesn't get it for this. Like, she's He's not. It's going to be Chazelle. I just there's I just no point don't. even getting worked up about it. I know. He sort of decided what he's saying. It's ridiculous. So, like, I mean, Chazelle's great. I mean, I, I. I could One have, I I could have taken Chazelle it. getting it for Whip. I, I thought I preferred Whiplash to La La Land personally. I thought Whiplash really? was a great film. Yeah, I really, really like Whiplash. I, it's just a I film, really I liked Whiplash, but it didn't leave hit me, me on a certain level. Joy that La 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 Land did. The thing that I'd say about La La Land is, as, as you know about me, is that when I mm. get ill, which is fairly often, um, 
I tend to sit in bed and watch my favourite rom-coms and soppy films. So I put on Annie Hall and Manhattan and When Harry Met Sally and that sort of film, the classics, and sort of just wallow in my own self-pity having man flu. And La La Land would be in that sort of... It would be a film that I would turn to in that sort of moment when I'm at my weakest and most vulnerable and looking for some sort of small chink of joy in my life. Uh, La La Land would be a film that I would turn to yeah. at that moment in time, which is, as far as I'm concerned, there's no higher endorsement in, in any of world uh, cinema. They should put that in the poster on the front of the DVD and uh, it should actually be what Jamie and Chazelle says in his acceptance speeches that... When Raj Bend is ill, he he might want to watch this film. As a random one, I would love to. Uh, best cinematography, Silence. I think should get that. I don't know if you've seen Silence yet, but it's fucking yes. incredible to look at. I thought. Um, It'll be La La Land again, though. It will be La La Land. I mean, which I I can say. I think it, it does look very nice. Moonlight is again. I think it's. Just, I, I I could happily see Moonlight, La La Land, or. Silence takes cinematography. I could probably even see Lion take it for the for the early stuff as well. Um, the one that I'm the one that my personal favorite is Silence. So the one that I, I will actually get annoyed about is if um, if the Jungle Book doesn't win Best Visual Achievement um, because it's in there with like Deepwater Horizon, which I get because they built an oil rig and Doctor Strange because they did some whirly whirly stuff. Uh, Kubo and the Two <laughs> Strings, obviously fantastic, and Rogue One, which is sort of is a bit shit to be honest. Um, but the Jungle Book, how they made those animals look real and that kid gave such a sort of convincing performance in that environment, it was sort of a similar sort of feeling as I got when I watched Avatar, thinking I didn't know this was possible on film. Yeah. Um, and if that is if that doesn't happen with Jungle Book, then they can go fuck themselves. Um, really? As far as I'm concerned. Strong, strong. Right. Um, let's, let's kill it there, mate. I think like we could obviously, we could, I could talk about films probably well I could definitely talk about films for much longer than I could about football which is probably abundantly clear for this podcast um but I'm sorry to any of our football listeners if any of you have managed to stay at this point I did warn you um that this was you know at that point as the football bit switched off that we're going to be mainly talking about films so fuck you um if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Royal Rich Podcast so where it is more Football based, just about, wouldn't you say, Raj? Just kind of nearly. Um, you can do so on Acast, iTunes, so on and so forth, rtrpod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. Follow me at the trunk. Follow Raj at Baines XIII. You can follow Seb if you want to. Uh, at <laughs> follow Seb at Seb SB. Um, you got anything to add, Raj? At the end, at the end of this most problematic of podcasts, I'm no, I'm guess it's not a problematic pod. It's been good. It's been a good chat. I think it's been a a frank and proper talk with big opinions. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I've actually enjoyed this, mate. I've enjoyed having this fairly open discussion with you, and uh, I look forward to um, our ensuing fallout. On I don't Twitter. know what you're on about, mate. It's two whining Ramonas being snowflakes. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, how many spurs? After that, come on, she's ready.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 